Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 172. Blah, I've come to play your game. Blah, blah. And welcome back, Count Julius. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, sir. This is episode 172. Ah, 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 ah. I had some really good counting there, Julius. <laughs> it's, it's all that homeschooling practice that's got into me. <laughs> all right. So, so yeah, welcome back. Today we're talking about a, a game called Thousand-Year-Old Vampire, a solitaire role-playing game, which I am looking forward to. So I guess we just jump straight into it as always. The, so Thousand-Year-Old Vampire is a role-playing game. It's designed for one player. In it, you play a vampire, and you're not a thousand years old at the beginning of the game. You start when you become a vampire, and then you play through your whole life, which could be a thousand years, yeah, give or take. Um, and that's that's what the game is. It's a it was a Kickstarter game came out late last year, October maybe November. I don't remember exactly. And it's one of three different Any Awards. What is an Any Award for those of us who aren't familiar with that? Uh, it's a role-playing game award. I don't remember much more. I don't know much more about it. It's part of the, do you know? No. Okay. I consider myself actually at the level of people who don't actually know what any award is. Oh, okay. But you're a role player. So an any award previously known as the Gen Con EN World RPG Awards. I guess that's where any came from. EN World. They're an annual fan-based award. So people vote on it and get the awards. It's usually... Um, announced during Gen Con, it felt like it went on the low a little bit because I normally I've heard something about, it, even though I don't really follow. But this year it just sort of happened, and so yeah, it's an award that goes is given out every year and it's voted on by people. And so you know th- those fan awards, they they tend to be popularity contests, you know, and all that goes with it. But it's still exciting that it won an award. So. You derailed me. <laughs> the thousand-year-old vampire. The rules. Okay, that's um. Gosh, the rules in this game are short for a role-playing game. The the whole book. It's, it's well, okay, for a solo game, it's a pretty darn big book. It's. I was gonna say it's bigger than some of these other journaling role-playing games that you've been bringing up. Oh recently. yeah, it's a lot bigger. By than that. far, I think this is the largest solo role-playing rulebook I've ever seen. However, the rules themselves on, on how to play the mechanics, the, the instructions on how to play, are only like the first 30 pages. It, it's very simple, and it's relatively light. Um, there's five traits you have to keep track of, and that's basically it. The And the traits are things like your your memories, any items you have, like possession valuables, um, any people you know, and resources. So it's just you know like a page or two for each of those. And then some pages, some rules on how to how to play and use those. Um, so anyways, super simple rules. Um, there we go. The theme. The theme is, it's about vampires. Shock um, and amaze. It is called Thousand-Year-Old Vampire. <laughs> it is. And... What, what I found interesting about the game, even though it's about vampires, there's very little description about what a vampire is in this book. You know, it sort of assumes you know what a vampire is and all that lore that goes behind them. It doesn't say anything about what happens if a vampire gets hit by a stake or um, is out in the daylight or any of that stuff. None of that's described. 
Um, but when you're playing through the game, and at least one time I came up a place where it says, oh, you know, you're caught in the daylight. What do you do? Don't you just burn? So, <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that's the thing. It just assumes you know all these things about vampires. So it doesn't really get into it. And I thought that was a little weird. Um, you know, I kind of wish I had the specifics about what matters and what doesn't matter in this game. But, you know, solo role-playing games, in my experience, at least the journaling kind like this, are very touchy-feely and, you know, leaves it up to you. Hmm. And actually, in general, any any solo role-playing game experience, other than just a, a dungeon-crawling thing that's more like, say, playing Descent, you know, where there are very specific rules about how you fight and how you move and all that. Um. So, anyway, so that's what the theme about is about. It's also about, you know... Dealing with times changing around you and, and coping with all the change that goes around you, I think, because that, that crops up a lot in the game. Um, you know, you're you're a modern 1530s vampire and now it's the 1580s and everybody talks different than you and does things differently than you and, you know, how do you deal with that? So that's, that's what the game is about. It's about being a vampire and living a thousand years. <laughs> but we knew that from the title, didn't we? The components. Boy, we're just zooming through this. Well, was the rules clear on how to actually play the game? You've told me that it didn't tell you much about the lore behind it. But is it the lore behind it that's how you play the game? You're just creating stories? Or did it actually tell you about the mechanics well? It tells you the mechanics well enough. Though, and I was going to get into this later, but I I kind of get the feeling this game is not really intended for somebody that's new to role-playing games. Um, because it it doesn't... I think it, it assumes you know some things about how to play the game already. It, not this game, but a role-playing game in general and, and how you can do anything when you're playing a game and, and that sort of thing. And maybe I'm wrong with this. I'm not, honestly, I'm not really sure, but I, I got I did get that impression myself. It felt like it helps if you already know what you're doing. It does have an example of play at the back of the book and kind of shows you how to set up your character and all that and an example of the process. But... Once, once you've read the rules and you jumped into the first um, prompt and you start writing, it does flow pretty smoothly and pretty pretty straightforward. And there's no real confusion on what to do. And if and when there is, you generally, with this kind of game, you just kind of decide what you think is the right answer and you go with it and don't worry about it. Because it really, it's a role-playing game and it all balances out in the end. Um, it's not a win-or-lose kind of thing. Um... So let's keep going, and we'll get more into the rest of the rule book and how that works soon enough. We The components, right? So it's just a book. It's a role-playing game, after all. So you're just going to get the one source book. Um, the book, it's if you get the physical copy, which unfortunately is out of print right now, but they are making another printing, it's really nice. It's, it's so well-produced. It's got, like, gold leaf on the cover. There's end papers on the inside. It's full of color artwork throughout. Uh, I think a lot of the artwork, it looks like it's stock art or clip art from somewhere. Um, like like a lot of old uh, prints and wood cuttings and things like that style. I don't know where it came from, but I like it. And I think it's it's pretty neat. There's also a lot of a lot of pages have like f- old photographs taped to the page. Or at least that's what it looks like. You know, just printed on the page. But it looks like somebody stuck a photograph in there and taped it in. And the tape is turning yellow. And there's water stains from uh, having a a glass of water or something on the page at one point and a lot of little effects like that. They really, really give the book a lot of characters. Really cool looking. I don't know how that comes across in the digital copy, but in the physical copy, it's just fantastic. 
Well, the the already we already talked about the rules and how short they are. There really isn't a whole lot to the mechanics of the game. So the rule book, the like I said, the book is like 140, 140 Let me see. I got it right here. I'll tell you how many pages is in this book. You mentioned just now about the difference between the physical and the digital one. It has two distribution models, correct? Yes, there are two distribution models. I think. Well, what do you mean? Well, I downloaded the digital one in order to be able to try out the game, um, and you can still get the physical one. Currently, you can only buy the first edition physical one. The second edition physical one is just available on pre-order at the time of recording, but you can get either digital or physical, depending on your preference for how it is that you want to necessarily play the game. I don't think the first edition physical copies are still available. I thought he said he had run out already Oh, some months ago. I don't think that may be wrong, so you know, website, but sure. Yeah, you know, check it out. I thought we, I thought we looked at that. And second edition is certainly coming soon. Yeah, and I was able to download yeah. the second edition. And I would say wait for the second edition anyway, unless you really, really just want to get it hands on it already, because there are some small changes made to it apparently to to clear some things up and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know what the changes are, but I don't think they're very big. So, so I said the rules are short. There's then there's eighty pages in the book, and the whole book is one hundred and fifty ish pages. Then there's eighty pages that are the prompts, and this is really the heart of the game. You're going to go through these prompts one at a time, and you don't hit all eighty necessarily, and you may actually hit some more than once. But these kind of tell you or guide you in your story and what's going to happen and what your vampire has to deal with and that sort of thing. In a way, I guess you could say this is the equivalent of having a GM, though you know, it's nothing like that. Um, at after that, then there's a, another 70 pages of extra stuff in the book that is not necessary, but pretty interesting. There's a whole bunch of extra prompts. So in case you ever get bored of the prompts that are in the list of 80, you could swap one out. There's probably like another 100 or two in there. Um, there's a random numbers table to roll for you in case you don't have dice handy. There's something called a thousand-year-old flower. Wait, what does that mean to use a random number table if you don't have dice? You still need some sort of randomizer. You need it, yes. So, you know, like there's a there's pages and pages of random numbers, and you could just close your eyes and put your finger down on a number and see what you got. Interesting. I don't think I saw that one. In the it, you know, one. it's it's not ideal, but it'll work. It, it definitely would work. So, there's this random, there's thousand year old flower thing in there that I kind of don't get, and I think it maybe probably makes me a little bit uncomfortable, but it's the idea, the idea of every once in a while you check and see how this game is making you feel as you're playing it so that you get a a deeper sense of what's going on with you personally as you play the game. Um, and that's in there and it tells you how to use it, but it kind of didn't make sense to me. Maybe it's because partially because the the layout looks weird to me and it's in the middle of two pages and, you know, it's stuck in the crease. Part of it's stuck in the crease, so it's a little bit hard to see. But anyway, that's in there. Um, mm, mm, suggestions for group plays. There's questions for the designer. There's an example of the play. Um, my favorite, there's the traditional, what is a role-playing game section? But most of that is is not available because it looks like somebody put photographs in there and those photographs block most of the text. It doesn't really give you any of the, what is a role-playing game text? <laughs> Which I thought is hilarious because every time you see a game, it's, oh, what is a role-playing game? And it's always the same sort of thing. And any game you get, right, whether it's Dungeons & Dragons or Fate or whatever, they always have that section in there. Well, here the guy put it in, but then just, Covered it up. Um, there's some credits and, and that type of things and, and blank pages you could write in your book if you want to keep notes, <laughs> which drives me crazy. I can't stand the idea of doing that to the poor book. It's such a nice book. 
The other component is their components is you, you're going to need a D10 and a D6 as well as some, something to write with, probably paper and pencil, or they suggest a computer. You don't really want to use a pen because you're going to be doing a lot of you race, potentially erasing and be crossing things out, potentially uncrossing them out. A pen, you could use a pen. It just, I don't think it would work quite as well. I played it with a pen and pencil or paper and pencil. I'm sorry. So the, let me say that's the components. It's the book. The, the gameplay. So this game, it's basically what you're doing in here is you're writing your memories. Um, each time you come across a prompt, it's going to tell you something. Oh, oh, here, let me open one at random. Just tell you what it says. Da, 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 da. You are recognized for where you are by another creature like yourself. Create an immortal character, lose a resource, gain a skill. What did you lose to them? So that that's what it was. And now you have to create a memory for yourself about that experience. So you, you're going to spend you know a couple minutes, maybe potentially, or maybe right away. You think, oh, I know exactly what this experience is. I'm going to write down. I'm going to write it down. And you write your experience as a, as a single sentence, basically, in a memory. The way this game works, you have five memory slots, and each memory slot can hold three experiences. So, so you can have your experience. You can write it down in one of your memory slots and then move on to the next memory. Or, or I'm sorry, roll the dice and move on to the next prompt and, and keep repeating. That's the quick version of the game. What gets interesting is your memories... When you write two experiences in a memory, after you know you write your first one, you write the second one. They need to be related. If if they don't really fit together, if your first memory is about the day you became a vampire, and the second experience that you want to write down is about how you're on a boat crossing a canal, that has nothing to do with each other. You can't put them in the same memory. They're just unless they do totally separate. Unless they do, obviously, yeah. But <laughs> but if they have if they if they're totally separate feeling, and you say these got nothing to do with each other, I just got to put it somewhere. I want to put it here. You can't do that you have to use one of your other five slots or other four slots. If you're out of slots, then you have to forget one of your memories. You cross it out, and now you've got a memory available to, to fill up again. And that's basically how the game is going to work. You're going to keep writing down experiences into your memories and forgetting them and adding new experiences. And sometimes you could write a memory down into a diary to save it so that if you're going to lose it and you want to lose it forever, you could write it down. But you could always lose your diary, so so even that's not permanent. So why would you want um, to necessarily write down a memory in a diary? What difference does it make? Uh, when I was playing the game, I had I had a certain set of experiences about some character I met and the story that evolved over with that person over the next four or five prompts, and I needed to wipe out a memory, and I really didn't want to wipe that one out, but it kind of felt like the most appropriate one at the point I'm at. Maybe because it's just so old compared to everything else, or because the vampire has gone through so many other things that it's no longer really relevant. But I still don't want to necessarily get rid of it, so I put it into the diary. And you, you just wanted to do that because you just felt that was appropriate for the story you were telling, not because of any mechanical reasons or anything like that. Exactly, because it felt more appropriate, yeah. And, and that that becomes very interesting in the game because you get to a point where, where you got to wipe out a memory and it's gonna happen really quick because at the beginning of the game all five memory slots i think or if not all five at least four of them already have experiences so chances are you're going to be having to erase a memory in the next few prompts so so you're quickly going to need to erase stuff and you know yeah you could just erase it but it seems a waste when you've you could just write it down and so i did i didn't always write down my memories 
I sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. Sometimes there are memories that I wrote that felt really disjointed. I didn't, yeah, whatever, I'll just forget it. And then sometimes later I wish I hadn't, just because it would have made the, the story interesting. But that that whole process of writing them down and choosing when to forget gets really interesting and sometimes a little bit tense and not sure what to do and, and whatnot. And it adds it adds a lot of a uh, flavor to the game for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, what I described is the quick game. There is also a journaling version of the game. In that one, you don't just write down your experience and then move on to the next prompt. You're going to write a journal entry about your experience. You know, basically like a little tiny short story about it, or, or one page or whatever it is, and then you'll write the experience down from that. So, so this lets you get into a lot more detail, because uh, the thing you want to keep in mind is you're playing. Oh, like my first vampire that I made, the first time I played, uh, he was created, right? He was born, I think I said, in 1153. And you play pretty much until modern times is the idea. So so this vampire had about 900 years existence to go through. And uh, and I lost my train of thought. You did or the vampire did? <laughs> yeah, I did. That's so funny. Can I just give you an example of how memory works? Um... <laughs> so anyway so your journal so you're going through and you're writing these things and, and they could, they're really brief sentences about lots of time span so it's sometimes nice to be able to put more detail and more flavor behind those little tiny memories so the, the journaling method is really satisfying and rewarding mm-hmm. and I, I like that what's my cat doing gosh um and other than the, other than the fact that you do the journaling, both the quick version and the journaling version are the same, because everything you do in the quick version, you also do in the journaling version. Um, an interesting thing about the way the gameplay works is, after you do the first prompt, you start at number one. What you do to figure out which prompt you're going to do next is you roll d10, and then a d6, and you subtract the d6 from the d10, and that's how many prompts you move. So if the first number I rolled is an eight, and the second is a two, I'm going to move forward six. If the two numbers are the same, then I'll stay in the same prompt, or potentially I could have a negative number and, and move backwards. So you're going to find that you're going to move back and forth and sometimes revisit prompts and, and travel through it that way. It's pretty neat when you revisit a prompt, each page actually has three different things on the page, um, and they tend to be related. So the, the first one might say, I don't know, you know, your, your vampire over the years has amassed a small wealth, you know, write about how you got this wealth. And then the second prompt might have you get more detail about the wealth. Like, you know, so now you got this wealth and I, I'm not making stuff up here and they're probably not great examples, but, you know, talk about when you lost it. That might be this. And the third one, again, something related to that same experience. Um, And so... And so those add a lot more detail and flavor. And apparently the, when you get to the third ones, it doesn't happen often at all. Um, I think I read it happens maybe once in a game. The third ones tend to have a big impact on the game, tend to be big things. The one time I played, I the first time I played, not the one time, the I hit one prompt three times. And then the third one, I was now immune to the sun. I could be outside in the daytime without any ill effects. So that was that was pretty exciting. Woo-hoo. Interesting powers. I'm a day pyre. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's I mean so that's basically the whole game mechanics right there. How it works. You're gonna go through. You're gonna write your experiences into your memories. Choose when to add and remove memories. And 
I found that a really neat process and I really like the idea that you're erasing your memories and forgetting them as they go on and, and, and potentially adding them back. Cause sometimes you're playing through and something will tell you, Oh, um, you know, stress from the last century has been really extreme for whatever reason and go back into your memories and change them by erasing, you know, the first noun in each experience. That's weird. Or something like that. It, it's weird and it could have a pretty big impact. Like when I went and did that, or actually I didn't say the first, um, one of them said, you know, pick a few important nouns and erase them. And so when I did that, like it erased the the name of a character that I had interacted with that was very important in the vampire's early life. And so now I knew that I'd had an experience with somebody. I just didn't know who it was anymore, huh. which was interesting. And then later on, that person came back and I had no idea who they were, but it, but they were important to me. <laughs> and so it was an interesting Interesting experience to have in that story, in that game. Um, so, yeah, so that whole dealing with the memories is just really neat. It's just really well implemented. And and such a relatively simple mechanic, I think. Um, so that was, that was the gameplay and how it works. I think we covered that pretty completely. The only thing I've left out is that every vampire has a mark, something that they're marked with that makes them a vampire. Um, and it gives examples like, oh, you, you had wings, but you cut them off or your, your skin is, is alabaster white or, or something. And there are going to be generally things that are not necessarily, but generally things that are very noticeable. And sometimes you gain more. I think I had a vampire that her neck was broken. So her head was lopsided and unless she like did something to hold it steady, <laughs> which is weird and awkward. But it was interesting and creepy. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of a, it. It reminds me. It reminds me of where uh, in a point and click adventure, one of the comedic relief characters had a similar issue. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awkward. It's definitely awkward if your if your head hangs lopsided all the time. <laughs> Hasn't happened to me yet, fortunately. The okay, so we went through the game mechanics, the the rules, the play. The overview of the game, um, I really find it interesting. I really enjoyed coming up with a character and, you know, picking some, like, you know, like any role-playing game, making a character and coming up with their backstory and all that. That that part is really satisfying. And it's really neat to play through the experience of the character over hundreds of years. Um, the process of choosing what memories to forget or write down can be interesting. Um, sometimes it says, oh, you have some experience now where, where you lose an important resource and then you got to, you know, choose something that you have that you think is important and you're going to have to let go of it, <laughs> which again, it can be not exactly frustrating, but tough. It can be an interesting choice. Hey, there's my dog. Um, it's, it's longer playing than any other role-playing game of this type that I've played. The, I mentioned there's the quick version and the the journaling version. The quick version for me took about, I think maybe four or five hours. I didn't do it in one sitting. I I played some and then I played some later in the evening. I'm thinking it was four to five hours of playing. The longer version, I played over two weeks. And I'd say I played between one and three hours a day. Probably, I don't know, over seven or eight days total of play. Do you see yourself replaying it a lot at that length? Uh, I 
the thing that I don't replay games much, honestly, <laughs> it's hard to revisit games later just because we're doing a podcast. Um, I do think that if it wasn't because of the podcast, I would replay this more. And it and it is the sort of thing I think where you could pick it up, you could easily pick it up and play a little bit and then put it down. Um, you might it might be a little awkward because you don't necessarily remember where you were, but then again, that's probably okay in this game because you can read your entries, and what you read is what you know. Um, so if there's stuff in there that you you have forgotten that you crossed out, you know, then then that's okay. So I think that would work really easily for that sort of thing where you could play a little bit and leave it. Uh, but it is definitely the kind of game where I could play it and just play um play a little bit here and there. And the quick version did play quickly. Like it took me a while to go through all the prompts. I said, but each prompt in itself maybe takes three to five minutes. You know, some some are shorter, some are longer. But they're individually very quick. And and an interesting thing about this game is the way time passes in the game. Um, you know, like I said, there's 80 prompts. You're not going to visit all of them. I think I, I, I looked it up on the Internet. And statistically, I think you move forward something like two and a half. Or, yeah, something like two and a half prompts each time you roll, right, on average. So, so you're only going to do maybe 40 prompts that way. And for you know, it's 40, 40 journal entries for a span of maybe eight hundred years, nine hundred years, whatever time frame you happen to pick, is not a lot. So what happens as you're playing is, you write some memories. You're playing for a little while. And you said, you know, I, I kind of feel like I've been in this time period a little bit too long. I need to to move on, or, or maybe I'm just bored of playing this period. I don't, I don't like the way it's going. I'm just gonna move on. And you could do that, and you could jump, take a nap for a long time. Yeah, jump forward fifty years or something. That's not a big deal. Hundred years. But then, then what I find is I will do that. I'll jump into another time period. I will play it for a while. It's interesting, and I say, okay, let me let me move on. It's also weird because there's characters in there, and once in a while you, you're you're playing and you realize, oh, you know what, that guy I've been writing about must be like ninety years old by now, and he's a human. And you know, it's like the thirteen hundred, so he probably shouldn't be alive. So maybe maybe I'll just move on and skip another hundred years. I found that interesting, and you know, it didn't feel like a big deal. If sometimes it was like, "Oh, that's weird," but you know, it works. It's all good. Um, so that that was interesting. Um, both satisfying and strange. I think I do. I am not sure if this is a role playing game for everybody. In that, it didn't feel like a, a game for a person that's new to role playing games. It. I, maybe it's all role-playing games. I don't know. It feels like sometimes it could be a little bit vague, and if you're not used to playing a role-playing game, whether solo or with other people, you may not be sure what to do next or what you can or can't do kind of thing. Um, and the rules don't do a lot to to help a person get through that. It, so it kind of assumes you know how to get through that. So yeah, so th- that that was the one thing. I mean, like I already said, that what is a role-playing game is not available in the rules. Otherwise, that'd be really handy to, to give you the information. What else, do I have any more thoughts on this game? The the one other thing I noticed is when I'm making a character, the rules fit, feel a bit disorganized in that I was jumping back and forth through those, those rules a, a bunch. Um, for example, I don't remember the exact order here, but I think the first thing you do is you create create an experience and then you create characters and then I think you created some more experiences and then resources. And then in the, when you look at the rules, you know, like five pages back, they're listed in a different order. Like I wish it was listed first experiences, then characters, then resources, but it didn't do that. It 
different jumbled up. I wish it was all more consistent, or maybe even just the character creation was in the same section as the rules on what those things are, because they're so short. There's no need to separate into separate parts. Um, but not a big deal because once you start playing, you really don't refer to the rules a whole lot after that. It, it only really matters initially when you're creating the character. So that, that's that's probably about it on the game. Um, my thoughts: I really like the game. Um, quite happy with it. Quite interesting. I think this game is really. I mean, th- th- I haven't I haven't seen any other solo role playing games like this one before. Why? What What do you think makes it so different from the other journaling games you've discussed? All the other ones that I have played have been much shorter experiences, very brief. Th- this one is is much bigger more of a campaign game than the other ones were all the other ones i've played like quill and the plant and the alone among the stars that we talked about recently those were all more like a a one session kind of thing maybe alone among the stars i played over three or four days but even that that was more brief this one is is the first one where like you you really create a character and you really get into it and and by gosh it's got a 150 page book (laughs) i definitely (laughs) haven't seen anything like that in a solo game that's that's quite a lot. Granted, not all of that was necessary. I mean, I guess you got him rid of the like the interview part at the end, but most everything else in there does does lend towards the actual play of the game. And just to throw in some of my thoughts, one thing that I thought was interesting about this game was the idea of the cyclical memories. In the other journaling games you've discussed, you have one story and you're sort of just tending to build on it, and feels like it doesn't force you as much to deal with as many bumps in the narrative and reflect on what it is, what it is that you've already put as opposed to always, always keep moving forward in it here. This one is actively messing with what you've done in the past, how it's making you make changes or making you delete memories and think about how those things would really make you reassess where your character is at. So by constantly forcing you to reevaluate what you've already done, I feel like this makes you more invested and involved in what you've written rather than just continuing to write and write and sort of throw stuff out into the ether that we've heard from some of these other journaling games. So I think that sounds interesting to me. Probably not mm-hmm. enough to spend all the time in it, but I think that makes it more more of an interesting type of mechanic than some of these other journaling games we've discussed here previously. Yep, I, I think when I played Alone Among the Stars recently, the um, my experience with that was yes, each each planet that I visited was very much a separate thing. But then eventually, I said, you know, I kind of want to like tie these together. So I started like visiting planets and saying, oh, this the people from this planet, know the people from the last planet. That's what I think. So I kind of tied it together, mm-hmm. but not, there was nothing like that in the rules that you know suggested it or hinted at it. That was totally. But this one's built into the mechanics input. of the game, which is what I think is and this, interesting. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it, it really is. It it's neat, and the characters come back. Sometimes you make characters, you make memories, and they never get referenced again, and they disappear. Sometimes things just crop up a lot, and that's that's interesting. The the rule book suggests using a computer for that. I think I prefer writing it out. And maybe, you know, I prefer writing things out in general anyway. The I would because I I liked going through the journal and crossing things out and unerasing it and seeing those marks on the paper later. Where if I did on the computer, you know, do I just erase wipe out the word entirely and now it's gone? 
I guess I don't want to do that. I you're, still want to cross it out. You're a very old fashioned kind of guy, Albert. Emphasis on the old. <laughs> yeah. Not fashion, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, this, I, I know. I mean, they definitely both would work. I guess if you are going to do it in a computer, you still do want to, like, not just erase the text, but cross it out somehow, whether, you know, cross it out or change a color or highlight or something. Because sometimes it will tell you to unerase a memory. You got a memory back for some reason or another. Yeah, that happened to me. So there we go. So that is a thousand year old vampire. Um, very cool game. We're checking out. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you coming out and listening to us. We'll see you back next time. All right. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractalude on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.